when it comes to wardrobes, is there any kind of uh, yardstick that people can use to decide on what they need to keep and what they don't? If you're not going to buy it again, you don't need it. Okay. <laughs> that's, your, that's your mantra right there. Rohini Rajagopalan is a certified professional organizer whose company, Organize with Ease, is India's leading organizing and decluttering service. Organize with Ease works on a wide range of spaces, from just wardrobes to offices and entire homes. Her idea came about, she says, when she kept hearing the phrase, where's the space, during conversations with friends and family. Rohini, who leads a minimalistic lifestyle, realized that many people need help creating an organized home. Launched less than five years ago, Rohini and her team have thus far worked on over 100 spaces and helped transform them. I wanted to know how she does it, what advice she has for those of us who are trying to maintain some sanity in the midst of working from home, online schooling accessories, and everything else that looks like it's just taken over the house. So stay tuned and keep a notepad handy. Rohini, the subject of, of storage and organizing is, is such a huge subject, right? And it's the thing that most dumbfounds, I feel, homemakers. Um, so let's start with with you and what your day is like. I mean, what is the what is the daily work life of someone who's a professional space consultant and organizer? So I think um, we actually turned four this year. So um, just to think about how far we have come, I think uh, it just sounds magical for me. Uh, it all started with me reading a book by Marie Kondo and uh, realizing that she actually does this for a living to then going online and researching. And I, I had like lots of doubts saying that, uh, you know, how can somebody actually do this for a living? Like, you know, this is no way that uh, people would hire someone to come and help you put your things together and sort your house out. And uh, the curiosity got to me. And when I researched, I realized that there are thousands of people doing this in countries like Australia, UK, America, uh, and then you get into the Indianness of it and say that, yeah, these countries, they might perhaps pay for this service, but why would an Indian person do? And also, I think our social setting is so different, right? Like we have staff at home, we have access to labor. Uh, we don't need to build in our own shelves for storage. It all comes like you call yeah. a carpenter, but yeah, he comes and does it for you. But that whole thought was there with me and I think it took me six seven months of reading understanding that it's just not about organizing it's so much more about emotional stuff that goes behind hoarding and why we as Indians hoard so much yeah also then I had two friends very dear friends whom I said let me just see and uh, work with them and see if it's actually making any difference because one is you're able to beautify the space uh, second is for them to be able to sustain it. And I think that was the key for me saying that, you know, it really has to be the life transforming experience. Two very sweet friends of mine just let me work in their homes. And uh, and then I just stayed for like three, four months to just get their feedback after that whole activity, seeing that, you know, what changed in the way they shopped, the way they, they managed their space. And I realized that one, shopping had gone down by 89% because they actually for the first time knew what they had. Post that, I also realized that because there was a system which was spelled out to them, they were able to sustain it because they knew what went where and how it went. And I think that was the genesis of Organized with Ease. And uh, today we literally, like you asked how, how my day goes, I think we work almost five to six days in a week. I travel pan-India for clients. So we're a very lean team and uh, we are a very adaptable team. Like somebody does a bit of uh, social media marketing. Somebody helps with, uh, like every all of us are hands-on on the project side. Uh, somebody helps with product research. And we also have a small line of organizing products that we retail out of our website. So you mentioned this briefly at the beginning. Do you think that we as Indians, we have an organizing problem or a hoarding problem? I think it's both. I think uh, like... Like I always tell myself that being in Bombay, I lucked out when I started this business because I think uh, the space gives you a reality check of how much you can hold on. Yeah. Uh, but 
also going back to where we came as a community, right? We were consistently in war for many, many, many years. Uh, ours is a generation that's seen partition happen. So that whole fear of, I might not have it tomorrow, you don't know what happens tomorrow, has been so ingrained in us uh, that, like I remember uh, my mother-in-law had, when we had moved in, in her loft had random uh, plastic jars. And yeah. She always said that, you know, sometimes you might need it to go get petrol. Sometimes you might need it for something. Um, and a friend of ours, uh, they moved from the tea estate to live in Gurgaon. But when you were in the tea estates, you entertained 20, 30 people where you cooked in your home for 20, 30 people. I don't think any of us are going to be that adventurous now. But you still have the tapelas and the barni, like the large pots that helped you cook for those many people. It's... It's past over generations where just holding on seems more safer than letting go. Yeah. Um, so I think to be able to make people understand, especially in today's generation, where with the like today morning, my daughter was having a conversation with me. She couldn't find her Lego dolls from a set. And her first thing was not even look for it. She's like, can you order a new one? Because everything's become so easy that if we feel we don't have, just we're able to one. order so it's a combination of constantly accumulating and a past where we're not we're not comfortable letting go because we feel like somebody's taking away something so precious from us. Coupled with the fact that we're living in smaller homes, uh, yeah. we are more nuclear. Uh, we have to manage our spaces. We are not from a generation where, uh, you know, there were staff running our homes. We have like literally like one didi or one person who comes in and does things for us. So I think... It's so many things put together that clutter is quite evident in most Indian homes. And minimalism, we feel, is uh, equal to poverty. <laughs> you don't have stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you really, there's some fundamental problem in, yeah. in, uh, in what you're doing with life because uh, it takes a lot to be able to embrace minimalism in an environment like India. But how do you, so, you know, I mean, just... Even with general interior design, I feel like interior design itself is also a very, um, it's, it's almost like a counseling session in the sense that you find layers and layers and layers about family dynamics, relationships, how you live in a space, what you like. So, and especially when you look at storage and organizing, it is also a reflection of our, our emotional status, right? So how do you, and you, I assume when you're working with, a family where there's multiple generations, uh, multiple dynamics. How do you how do you communicate letting go? Like how do you get them to 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 say, hey, you know what? It'll be fine. Just just throw out throw out some things. So I think uh, one advantage is because we're a paid service. Uh, <laughs> you to choose to go through the baby uh, for it to listen. The word shit. Go through it. Go through it. Uh, uh, I think they come to us because they acknowledge there is an issue. Uh, they acknowledge that they want to live better. So I always tell them that that itself is such a big step. Uh, and I feel I can't like it's just that everyone's journey in this process of editing and reorganizing their life is so unique to themselves. Uh, I can't compare two clients and say, oh, that was so similar or the behavior was so similar. Uh, some are very decisive, some are very sure, uh, come, some come from that space. Uh, for the others, it's such a huge baggage that they've held on to over many, many years. And to be able to do it, uh, I really feel the first session that we do with our clients is almost like therapy session where um, you also gauge how much you can push your client to be able to yeah. edit. Uh, and also they get comfortable with you. And I think uh, I really hold in very high regard uh, them choosing to work with us because it's such a personal space and to be able to win their trust and to be able to feel non-judged through this process, I think is the biggest thing we can bring to the table. It doesn't matter how much I beautify your space at the end of it, but to be able to create that environment where they feel that um, they can go through this process without feeling that someone's ridiculing them, somebody is... Uh, 
Um, judging, yeah. Judging them. I think it's such a beautiful space to be able to create that for them. And I think once we win their trust and once we are able to gauge, okay, you know, where they're coming from, then the process becomes very smooth, becomes very easy because it's just giving people perspective. Uh, we work with a lot of H&I clients and so do a lot of designers. I think it's a, it's that community somewhere which is willing to spend to redefine the quality of life that they want, the kind of homes that they want is what we largely land up working with. And today it's easy to give them the perspective that uh, you are going to create more wealth. You are going to be able to upgrade your life. You are going to be able to choose more and bring in more to your home. So if your base is the best of what you have, you will be only adding greater stuff to your to your wardrobe, to your crockery set, to, to the collection of books you perhaps have. So I think, um, like I said in the beginning, uh, it's great that they call us. <laughs> we are not going and jumping into their homes. Uh, and just to be able to be gentle through the initial couple of sessions with them, I think... Um, for me, the biggest wins is not how large the homes are. Like, you know, it's a great kick when you're doing a bungalow in Bombay, which is a rarity or a penthouse kind of a space or people in different cities are really paying for you and calling you over. For me, is the wins have al- always been when the behavior changes, when the habits change. Like I've had this client who for years, every time in summer when they traveled to London, uh, used to come back with three to four suitcases of extra baggage and uh, when we worked with them we realized that everything from shampoo to foundation to uh, innerwear to night suits all came from London like you know it literally was two months all you did was shop 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 hold for the rest of the year Uh, and once we worked with them once we organized their space and worked with the on the whole home they, after a couple of months, they went to London and uh, she, she messaged me from there saying that I think my husband thinks I've lost it because I've not entered a single shop. Uh, she's like, I've not shopped. And this is the first time I've actually sat and enjoyed my holiday because I don't have a shopping list. I'm not running from stores to stores to buy something, to pick something. Um, and I'm just having a great time because I'm meeting friends. I'm going to restaurants. I'm enjoying myself. And for somebody who shopped so much in that whole trip, she bought like two or three personal items. I think that is the biggest wins you can have uh, to be able to change that mindset, to be able to educate children. Like we were working with a kid last week and um, he was having issues letting go. And to be able to explain to them that, you know, those five extra crayons that you have, they're actually some kids that would use it or, you know, the extra Legos that you have. And it then becomes a habit. Yeah. I think, that for me is the magical part of the process. Do you find though, when you go into a space, because you know, it, 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 because spaces have energy and things have the capacity to to sort of overwhelm. Do you find yourself sometimes going, "Oh God, okay, I need to take a minute. I need to, I need to, you know, sort of take some space and then come back to it." How do you deal with it? I mean, because you're dealing also with so many other people's baggage in some ways, right? So I think uh, that's why I do what I do because it doesn't overwhelm me. I think, uh, and also we do shorter sessions. It's not like we're working morning to night. So you work five to six hours at the max. So you're able to come back, uh, go back with a fresher mind. And a lot of times when you're working on spaces and we feel either the client's getting overwhelmed or they're just too much, we just break it into smaller modules. It's like, you know, how when you go for a five-course meal, they don't put everything on your table. They just give you the starter then you might have a soup. Then you yeah. have like the first entree coming in. So I think when you break it up, everyone's at ease. Everyone's able to sail through the whole process. But like you said, you use the word energy, right? Like, and this is something we constantly tell people that everything is energy. Uh, just being able to come into your space and feel light, feel at ease. And I always reference it to how we feel when we enter a hotel room. It's just minimalistic it's only got what you require there's no clutter on your face you're not walking into a to-do list glaring at you if you're able to create even a part of it in our homes imagine how wonderfully recharging our home would be as a space have you uh, worked on any project where you've worked sort of with an interior designer 
prior to the space being created because i feel like if you if you have the you know because in many places you're really working um the problem is a is perhaps a disconnect between the amount of space and the amount required so do you feel that perhaps this is an activity that should be sort of part of the interior design process itself especially with high net worth individuals who are you know designing homes so that you are not dealing with an after problem so this is something we've been actively doing in the last one year where we've at least are working with quite a few and this has largely been where clients have approached us because they realized that uh, they need to just perhaps it started with i just want to get vetted with uh, what designs have come to me in terms of storage and get your perspective if it's all right to literally getting uh, the layout and being able to have a discussion like i said today my both my meetings are to do this uh, where we understand what the requirements are and we do a very long conversation stroke call stroke going and visiting their places to understand what your usage is uh, how often do you use what how much do you own like a lot of we sent out an excel sheet where they literally have to fill up how many shoes and bags and tops and belts that they own because i think a lot of times you build a beautiful home and when you're moving in you feel so overwhelmed by the fact that you feel your stuff is not fit- fitting in yeah uh, by you know where you feel that oh perhaps i made a mistake and i didn't account for this i didn't account for that so in the last one year we've done a lot of work with families who are building homes uh in the in the early stages where um, they've gone through the whole layouting of all internal storage spaces with them starting from kitchen to your uh, servant room to your storage to you know loft area what what is going where i think when you have a map and you know okay this is going here then you also get an orientation of if it's working for you or not working for you because then what happens is you exactly know where the broom is going where your yes. dishes getting uh, plugged in to where which is the cupboard you're going to keep your gifts in where your gift wrappers are going i think that detailing when it comes into the spaces then you also feel comfortable that you've planned right so tell me what are the tools for you to map that i mean you had mentioned the excel spreadsheet tell me specifically exactly how you figure out the number of things and what are those um specific tools that you you use uh for me the biggest tool i think is conversation <laughs> because to be able to just have a conversation and understand okay like you know uh say for example just to be able to relate uh you're talking about kitchen how often do you go in and cook uh do you eat your breakfast in the kitchen uh how many staff are there who work in the kitchen so then you have a sense of what the movement is is your service staff different from the staff that uh, actually cooks like right now last week we worked on a kitchen where there two different teams that do the service and cook so there is we created an outside area where uh, everything like snacks to things that you need to make uh, coffee in a kettle to uh, your espresso machine everything was out with the trays all of it so that that team did not have to enter the kitchen to lay the table to until they all all that they had to enter in for is to pick the hot food otherwise everything that they required was in that outside area so just to understand the lifestyle of the home how many people are there how do they function on a daily basis what are the things that they access like for example another family that we worked with went on holidays very often so you had to literally keep in access their winter clothes their ski clothes their larger suitcases so you know all of that in mind when you were planning their bedroom space or their walk-in space so i think it the biggest tool is to just understand how they live what they require on a daily basis um then it comes the point of you looking at a uh, drawing and seeing as to okay this is what we have and this is what we need to work with and how can we fit all of this in a space that is accessible maintainable sustainable as the family grows because you might plan for today but the family also grows over a period of time and the family also most homes you are not going to retouch them at least for the next 5 yeah. to 7 years so to be able to then scale up saying that uh, today you might have one dinner set but as you go they're going to people then you will want to buy at least two more uh, you might start entertaining a lot more so you will have candles coming in you will have vases coming in you will have art that you will want to rotate around in the house and replace 
So I think just to understand their lifestyle has is the biggest tool. I think Excel, everything aids them. But uh, it's literally paper and pen and phone conversation or face-to-face meeting that helps us plan this out. So if you had to give, um, you know, a tip to, say, people who are going to be doing this themselves, what would you say? Like, what are two things that they could do um, in order to just organize the process itself a bit better? So I would say that just take a paper and pen, open every drawer and cupboard in your house, Write down what you have. Wow. Um, that's hard. Yeah, it's actually isn't, you know. It, it yeah. literally like say, I'm, I'm sitting here. I know that my wardrobe has five shelves. I can say that this is what. But if you're building a house, I'm saying that you're spending so much money. In India, at least, when you're building your house, you're putting your biggest saving into that project. Yeah. yeah that's, that's your largest spend ever to happen. Uh, at that, till that point in time. So when you're doing that, do it right. If it requires you to be a bit meticulous, please be a bit meticulous about it. I think my two biggest tools to anyone who is building a home or creating a new home for themselves, one is map your home out right now. Uh, And while you're doing the mapping, also look at what are your concern areas. Like what bothers you? It bothers you that um, your dining table always has stuff. It bothers you that... uh, you know, your dresses are not hanging because then you have to iron it every time to wear it. It bothers you that your lighting is not good when you're putting your makeup on. So identify what is not working as you're mapping and each space, there would be something that's not the best solution right now. That becomes the tool you go back to your designer with saying that, you know, I want all this incorporated. And I think once that feedback is given to any design team, they are able to create solution for you. Second, I would say the day you decide to buy a home, start editing your current home. <laughs> you don't want to take tons of stuff that, you yeah. know, we, you know, it's it's heartbreaking when, when we are moving families. There are two ways we work where we edit before we move them. And second, they realize last minute that it's overwhelming and call us in. Uh, at least 20 to 30 percent goes away in the new house and we're editing then and you're paid for the movers and packers wow. there are multiple cartons that you have that you're dealing with so i think uh, start editing everything same go via the same list and go through each of those areas and start editing i think if they do these two things um i think they can do this independently and without having to take anyone's help and they will be in a great space when they're moving into their new home. Is that one of the common mistakes that you find that people are just taking everything, all the th- stuff that they don't need in one house and moving it to the next one? Or is it, what are the sort of other common things that you see people doing wrong? I think one, you don't edit. Yeah. Second, I think uh, there's such an excitement of buying stuff when you go to the new house that you buy so much and you realize after you move that, oh, even that is nicer. And today, you know, because of how smart our phones are, our feed is already full of cookeries and linens, everything. And then you realize, oh, there's a better stuff. I wish I had space for that. I mean, at the end of this conversation, we will both have organizing sponsored ads on Instagram. So Absolutely. So I feel like by the bare minimum, literally by the bare minimum that you need to live like in that house. Um, And I like, I think just to be able to have a perspective when you're moving, that you only need to take what you really need. You don't need to take tons of stuff. What happens actually, and the reason why they chuck out a lot of it is, you in the last few months of home move or when your home is getting done, you're so busy with other things, right? Your designer's chasing you to get that fan right, get that picture for your gallery wall. Uh, there's so many small things that keep coming up that consume so much of your time because you're doing a job parallelly or taking care of a family parallelly. Editing your home becomes a very stressful process or you just do a couple of things and then bang, land the movers and packers. Their job is to just get you out. So they literally empty drawers into cartons and then you're sitting with 20, 30 cartons of miscellaneous stuff which you never knew lived existed yeah. in your old house. So I think just to ease that whole process, if you're able to just pack what you require, start editing early. Uh, just having a method to the madness. I always tell people, like I'm still a very paper pen person. And if you're an Excel or a person who works great with technology, 
just spend like 10 minutes every day just doing one 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 shelf in your house one drawer in your house and in 30 days you would have done the whole house and that's that basic discipline that helps you in a lot in the long run so i mean you mentioned marie kondo at the beginning of the conversation i mean she had that uh what was it if it brings you joy if it sparks joy, do you have some sort of a, uh, you know, a mantra or something that people can use to decide? Because I feel like while one can tell people, well, if you've not used it, throw it out. It's very hard for people when faced with an object and the possibility that they may in the future use it or our children. I mean, with, with, with us, I think you feel like, oh, maybe my child will use it. Is there some way for people to sort of say, okay, maybe if I've not worn this in the last six months or 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 something to figure out, okay, this needs to go? So my one mantra that I ask everyone when I'm working and they're confused is, would you buy it again? If you wouldn't buy it again, then you really don't care for it. Uh, so I think that just when you're confused, that becomes an easy tool to help you decide whether you need to keep it or not keep it. Um, it could be a book, it could be uh, a clothing that irrespective of whether you've worn or I, and I think today we're sitting in a spot where we feel we've not used half our home wardrobe in the last two years. So, uh, we're constantly told that, oh, perhaps once things open up and we start sizing <laughs> again, uh, we will use all of it. The idea is if you love it, you will buy it again if it breaks. Like I give this example to people that I had this coffee mug that I drink coffee from and one of my staff broke it. The first thing that I did, there are like 10 other mugs in my house, but I just loved that size. It just worked for me. And it was from a easily accessible brand. I just ordered it online. Two days it came in, which really meant that mug is something that I would miss if it's taken out of my life. Same thing for a white shirt that you like or an earring that, you know, you will replace it always with something if it means of value, if it's something which is essential for your everyday living. Uh, like how if a regular office bag or a laptop bag breaks or is giving away, you would automatically replace it. You will not wait for it to, you know, disappear and then find some something else. So I think the fact that would you buy it again? Becomes an easy question to be objective and answer. So let's get specific now. And kitchens, okay? Uh, kitchens being sort of a rabbit hole that you can fall down on, uh, into. And especially the, you know, the, the service areas of a kitchen. Um, I mean, I could ask you specific questions, but I'd rather that you tell us what are two or three things that we absolutely need to keep in mind. Um, and also in terms of, you know, the, the pantry, right? The, the produce, the dry items, what do you suggest that people, I mean, I always, always find that, you know, sometimes you, you take a bit and then you tie a rubber band around what's left and you chuck it on the side. <laughs> um, so break it down for us, space management and things management in a kitchen. So I think my first tumble to everyone when it comes to kitchen is don't fret if your staff are managing it because you can, however hard you try, uh, I, I joke and tell people it's uh, whether you want a clean space or good food, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Only in an idealistic world would both go together. Uh, we need to understand that when somebody else is running a space, uh, there's only so much that you can push and systemize and do. And um, I always tell my clients that you can put some systems in, but please step back and know that they will run it the way that they would. And especially if you have an old staff or people who have worked in different homes for very long. So that's because, one, one Because thing. then you're also not organizing for yourself. You're doing it actually for it's someone else, right? Yeah, you're well, not. You can have some basic systems. Yeah. But it will not be Pinterest-y. Yeah, yeah, of course. Time, yeah? yeah, so I feel like uh, that to have a reality check for any yeah. space. Yeah. Uh, two, I think, is to define spaces. What happens is when there is no system, and this, what I'm saying, works for every space, I think. Just to define to your staff or yourself or your kids. Like for me, kitchen is a space that my kids use a lot. Okay, this is where your baking items go. This is where your snack stays. This is where 
the plates are so then everyone knows that the items need to go back in their correct spaces so even if it means labeling them even if it means uh putting pictures and sticking so that the kids understand the staff who perhaps are not as li literate understand just to define spaces third i think is to separate your active stock from your back stock because what happens everything is together yeah. and then you never know what's getting used how old anything is and uh, it just stays so to really create a space where like i this is something we do actively in our projects where we just create baskets it could be anything it could be a metal basket a plastic basket something that's there where even your back stock you divide it as your dals and your atas and your masalas and your snack so there are four different bins of whatever nature that works for you it could just be four drawers where the back stock goes in uh it could be four plastic boxes stacked on top of one another so what happens with that is whenever you want to replenish you actually know what is there and you're digging in one small space then looking at multiple areas four like four or five whatever number we are on uh is to decant um just to find ways to decant and keep stuff like i think uh, today's world of packaging you'll see this big uh, chips yeah. packet and when you decant it it's like this one small bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah. and also, I feel like you access and use things when you see it. So, I'm a big um, supporter of transparent stuff. So, I like so open and 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 yeah, no transparent jars. I mean, like you know, I just feel like use a glass, use an acrylic, whatever works for you. Because I think if you see it, it just becomes easy to consume and use. And I think five is whatever is that one thing that you love. Like you know, there are families now who love coffee. There are families now who love baking. create a spot for yourself in the kitchen uh to just have that area which is yours like you know just a small coffee station it could just be on your sideboard uh make that a happy spot put your two mugs put your pots in a nice bowl uh but make that effort like in my home the kids love snacking uh and I, it's something that i don't want them to be calling out for and asking us to give so it's kept in a way that's easy for them to get up take a ball uh, from the just the drawer below open the cupboard see what is there pour it uh, for themselves and put the stuff back so just make that fundamental things that are things that you love doing as a family um in a nice way that works for you so you know one of the big um sort of catalyst that's taken place in our homes in this last one year is covid i mean it's changed i don't think there's been a, a design influence stronger than since world war 2 <laughs> perhaps so it's it's changed so much in the way we cook and uh, you know how we interact with our spaces have you seen a lot of that change especially when it comes to kitchens where people started cooking a lot more because people weren't able to come into the buildings etc have you found with your clients that there's been a big sort of post covid attitudinal change or a change in the way they're interacting with their spaces so i think a huge change post covid more than i think the like even in our home there was this excitement initially everyone cooked and all but then yeah. everyone figured to get this half back so everyone's back to some kind of normalcy but um even for a city like bombay right which largely you met people outside because yeah. homes were smaller whatever yeah. entertaining at home has become a very big thing uh we're working from home uh we're entertaining at home um so i think collection of crockery has gone up the kind of food that you are training your staff like we realize that you can send youtube and the staff are able to replicate it so the kind of produce that you're using has also changed uh there's so many home chefs and home bakers who are sending you stuff so the inflow actually has gone up substantially post covid i feel uh, we've also sat in shop because we're not able to travel we're not buying um so overall at home i think uh, the amount of stuff that's coming in is increased <laughs> so much so uh, at least for the affluent lot i always say this we had a luxurious covid because you had access to home bakers buildings figured out a system where produce could reach you there were more people who were getting stuff from the farmers directly to you um so i feel um inflow has become so much more that we need to really be mindful of how much we want to continue that now that we're going back to some sort of normalcy but i think one big change that is going to continue is entertainment at home 
and the scale of entertainment is only going to get bigger because people are more comfortable meeting at homes uh, in a city like bombay we're still living with the restriction of 10 o'clock so you want to socialize longer uh, so your kitchens have really become more active uh, your collection has become larger you're holding more alcohol you're holding more produce you have more variety you realize the kind of cheeses that we've got exposed to in the last one year something as simple as that is so much more than what you did earlier right so i feel um, spaces like home are going to be the center point for at least a long time now and work from home is another big change right and online schooling because this is another thing we're living with how are you um, i mean again uh, because we're looking f- to give people advice on managing these things especially by themselves how how do you sort of work through you know the masses of wires and pens and 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 the preparation for school itself one bought so many things then when school starts you realize no those things don't work now you need new things <laughs> how do you what can you what you know what, what can you tell people how to manage and and you know just organizing uh tricks uh i think it's just to be more conscious i think uh, going back to covid which has led us to do all of this uh if anything it's taught us to be more mindful uh and i think initially there was this whole fear of we might not get stuff and uh, i remember our building had set up this small grocery temporary grocery store and every day he used to replenish the stock so any chips he got we all used to just buy because <laughs> you might not get chips tomorrow you might not get chips for next 10 days so just let's buy it it's no longer that um and uh, i go back to something i've said again and again in our conversation today is edit 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 okay. um i think that's the only way we can survive through this um that's the only way that uh, i think our homes will be a livable space because um, like just this whole example right i'm using my daughter's laptop uh, she literally there was another old laptop which she used and obviously uh, did not work for the speed that she required but that old laptop is still there i yeah. need to recycle yeah. it i need to give it away there's so many things that we know that we're not going to continue using and because of the change in our lifestyle that's happened uh just to constantly edit out uh and def- like two things i think i would want to leave people back is one edit second define spaces like so today if i'm using this as my work from home i just need to have everything accessible and the space to put it back and i can only hold on to that much that has space in my home anything beyond that i need to figure out ways like a simple example my kids read a lot uh and i i had not exposed them to technology pre covid and uh we enrolled into library because i realized that this whole thing of buying books we were okay yeah. buying books but the bookshelf was just becoming the whole room and uh, and these were books that they used to read one or two times and they were done it was not books that they came, like yes you have a tintin collection but all these random other books that you're reading you read a couple of times and then you don't even see it and perhaps a friend who comes to spend some time might browse it but that that was the end of it so library was great for us as a solution to it uh right now post covid they moved to kindle which works great for them so i think the idea is to define a space and say okay if this is what i have space for one keep what you love don't look at uh, what can i throw out but look at what can i keep that i actually love using it could start from your stationery to your clothes to your notebooks that you hold to write and never write <laughs> yeah so i feel like uh, just being like i tell people shop in your home uh, so it's just shop in your home and choose the best and give things away so like i feel like uh, just editing and defining spaces so if this is where i'm going to sit and work everything that i need for my work needs to be in this space and um, i think third thing that i would say as a habit just start putting things back uh the minute we start putting things back i think one when you need them you find them in the right space second uh, there's not clutter everywhere and uh, we always tell people that before you go to bed take that 10 minutes just start putting things back in their spaces uh they need not be perfectly organized 
but a book in a bookshelf is better clothes that have come from laundry dumped in your shelf is better than you waking up in the morning and just seeing everything around you it might take you just 10 minutes to organize that wardrobe or organize that bookshelf but uh, just to be able to put things back and if you're a family that has kids or have other people that you're living with it just becomes easier for everyone to follow this through like you take a snack come on the table you've eaten it put the snack box back in the shelf and i think that is all organizing is about it's nothing that is like this whole mythical thing or like you know those scary ghosts that that's haunting us it's just about having basic systems and i feel like the simplest systems are what are sustainable and uh, manageable uh, and just that whole thing of putting things back and like i said edit define your space what what is that that you require and please just start putting things back yeah i always tell my kids just look back if you've left a trail behind you you know which, you, they always, yeah, which they always do so just look back and see because it'll be there and you go back and one at a time go and put it back where it belongs um but i feel like you know even uh, in and which is particular to to india we have the festival season right and that brings on a whole new level of 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 uh, a class a class of of stuff how do you um and let's let's assume a smaller space an apartment space and you've got diwali then you've got christmas how do you advise people manage these seasonal seasonal decor um and clothing um is there and also just maintaining it through these climatic things right i mean like in bombay the monsoon will kill pretty much anything that you have so share with us what are some of the sort of tools that people could use both in terms of keeping those things and also keeping them well yeah so again i would say that uh, look at what you land up using because i feel like uh the unfortunate or great part about festivals in india is also you receive so much like the in, if if you're living in a delhi or something the kind of gifting that happens in that period is insane right yeah. and now it's only got grander because there's so many people doing gifting as a business so you get this big box with like little thing inside and you're so tempted to hold on to that box because you feel you will recycle and use it which never happens but it stays in your house so again edit and be mindful but i think one is um if you live in a humid space irrespective of your festival clothes or irrespective of anything uh, your wardrobe needs to get aired it's it's a non negotiable like the amount of stuff we've thrown out in the last few months in people's home because they've just not used it it's like it's criminal. and when you but when you say air it out what do you mean so bright sunlight wipe it and put it out like if you have sarees just open them out and leave it in sun or uh, leave it in the sun so one it airs second if you can afford run a dehumidifier in your space uh three use moisture absorbents uh, these are things you have to do regularly irrespective of your winter wear like this is for your winter wear sarees that you use once in a blue moon um your more expensive clothes that we are just not using like things like denims have like a layer of fungus yeah. in them you don't yeah. use it your anything that's leather that you're not using you need to just open those cupboards out put things out uh wipe things dry uh please never use a wet cloth um use your moisture absorbents they're available on amazon and uh, spaces like that and um uh, you know a lot of uh, wardrobe fresheners are available like we recommend clove portlies like your typical cloves we just make a portly of it like in in a mulch or cotton cloth and uh, just put them in the cupboard because they're natural um wardrobe fresheners so i feel like this is an exercise that you have to do for life yeah. if you're living in a humid space if you aren't and are lucky enough to live in a place that there's not so much moisture still i would say before the season starts get your clothes out get everything out check what is in a working condition a lot of times we hold these uh, lights for christmas and diwali and you realize they're bad quality and they don't even work but you have a whole box of it so one um when it, when we talk about clothes or uh, see what you want to use get them dry clean get them aired um replace them with certain uh, items in your wardrobe and i always say like if you have an active social life through november december or like october november december create a space in your home where these clothes are kept 
uh, where you can launder them or you know have them uh, prepped up in the house and ready to use so when you have that wardrobe ready you're not breaking your head over oh what do i have to wear for dinner today uh, so create it could be in your guest bedroom it could be a, a shelf that you're not using or you know but define a space and create dry clean try those clothes on make sure they fit you and put them out so that it's there and for you to access otherwise what happens you know it's there but you're running late then you land up picking something that's there and make it work for yourself but go through what you own and uh, pick the pieces that you think you're going to wear this season prep them up and have them ready to use and actually wear out uh in terms of decor at home uh i always recommend store them in boxes so that they can either go into the loft or go under the bed but you have to have a space where you can keep them uh bring them out check every single thing uh, our uh, aesthetics of the home also keeps evolving yeah uh, so see if it matches your current aesthetic if it doesn't let it go and if you think you're going to use it like a lot of times you feel oh i used it all through last year for my decor i don't want to do the same thing like you know this happens to us with the christmas tree like the bobbles the color keeps changing every year yeah. so you feel that uh, you know it's not with your theme for this yeah. year so uh, things that you're not using either like i am a big believer of circulating within your friends and being able to use it in your community so um, you know try and do that uh, and your big pieces in terms of your decor uh, put them all out but uh, check everything uh, get them out see what are those missing links that you feel you don't have and you might need and uh, shop for them or borrow them or whatever is appropriate but i think um, a large sense of uh, what we use as decor is so easy if you're smart about it right and i think you would be a bigger expert to speak about like your cushion covers they don't take space but they change your whole decor need not be large bulky items so if you are living in a space that is constrained in terms of how much storage you have you don't need a big christmas tree you can just play around with a few twigs like go on to the internet i always tell people you find damn good ideas for small homes um so i think like we eat how much our stomach can hold a homes yeah. can hold <laughs> only so much i might want a 6 foot christmas tree but i yeah. have zero storage what about what about lists because i feel like sometimes people put everything into a box and they can't remember the next year what's in that box So that's why I feel prior to your season uh get everything out check what is there check what you're going to use uh so that you know what is the missing link and you can shop for it what happens like I said like today we've spoken about christmas and I'm sure we will have christmas decor alerts also and you start seeing all these decor elements and then you start wanting to buy them and then you realize you have something similar or something that can replace it or could be used yeah. similarly and then you're sitting with two similar stuff so i think before you do any festive shopping take out what you have see what you actually think you want to use and if you're buying another piece um i think this is for me common sense but i would request people to be more mindful that you actually know where you're going to use it like you know candles might look pretty but like in a home like mine where i leave my balcony door open all the time the very few spots that i actually can put a candle in because the breeze is so much uh so i think to be able to sh- be sure of where it is going like you love another centerpiece uh is it going to go on the dining table do you have a sideboard that you can put it is there a space in your entry way that so i like we ha- we spoke about it sometime back it's about defining things uh it's about defining things and telling uh telling uh, yourself where it is going to go so that then it just becomes easier for you to buy it or not buy it if you don't have a space where it goes then you really don't need it you don't really need to take it pack it and keep it and not use it and spend that money so i think in terms of decor before buying anything else i would ask them to bring the box down check what's working not working and see what like you've actually gone through a whole season with that box right so for <laughs> you to add something more yeah. should really be for either a new home or a new space or something that you want to replace with so i think that that's really important to be able to see what you have and if they can't figure it out they can of course call you so how do how do people get in touch with you and what is the process how do you vet i guess um you know the clientele how do how do people sort of um enlist your services 
so Instagram is a great space. It has all our okay. contact details. And so is a, our website, which is organizedwithease.com. Uh, I think um, it's still very old school where they connect through a message or, you know, get in touch over a call. And uh, we try and understand how it works. Uh, we explain to them as to what we do and uh, see if that's exactly what they're looking for and prepared for. Uh, and something which is a non-negotiable with us is we don't do any space without editing it. So if you're going to tell us that, you know, <laughs> edited it, it's all good, just come and make it look pretty, it's not happening. Uh, so I think just be able to convey what we do over a call or a conversation. And uh, then, yeah, that's how we get started. And, and how does pricing work? Is it per space? Is it... It's by the hour. Time? Uh, okay. It's by the hour. Uh, so I think every home is different. So it's okay. very difficult for us to define fixed rates because... Yeah. What your wardrobe has and what my yeah, wardrobe of course, has. Yeah. And the quantity of work as well is very different from each of these places. Okay. Also, when it comes to wardrobes, is there any kind of yardstick that people can use to decide on what they need to keep and what they don't? If you're not going to buy it again, you don't need it. Okay. <laughs> That's your mantra right there. Absolutely fantastic advice. Thank you so much, Rohini, for being with us. It's so interesting when you consider why a group of people behave in a similar fashion. Things make sense at a deeper level when you consider the socio-cultural reason behind national character, isn't it? So as Indians, our tendency to collect, protect and preserve does come from our history as a people, but things evolve, circumstances change. So if you're in a position to let go of what's not necessary, to reduce the clutter, to ease up the space, then Take Rohini Rajagopalan's advice and ask yourself, would you buy it again? Do I really need it? And if the answer is no, then maybe just let it go. Living in a clutter-free, organized space does bring a lot of peace to the mind. For more tips and ideas and inspiration, you can follow Rohini on their official Instagram account at organizedwithease or go to organizedwithease.com. I'm Manjusara Rajan and you were listening to Let's Talk Decor with BeautifulHomes.com. You've just listened to the Let's Talk Decor podcast with your host Manjusara Rajan. Follow our podcast on Apple, Spotify and other major podcasting platforms. Let's Talk Decor is an initiative from BeautifulHomes.com, which is India's largest decor and design platform, and it is a part of Asian Paints. Beautiful Homes Services brings customized interior design to everyone, allowing clients to create their dream homes with expert designers with the end-to-end project management guarantee that's part of Asian Paints. If you'd like to know more about BHS and everything else under the decor category of Asian Paints, then do log on to beautifulhomes.com. This episode of Let's Talk Deco is produced by Nikhil Dintakurti and sound design partner, Smart Voice Studio.